0: Hey y'all welcome to your best pet conversations with a vet my name is Dr. D, and I am here to educate you on the important topics you didn't know you needed to know communication is the key in any relationship and I believe with my whole heart that if you are educated in a way that you can understand that'll make you the best pet parent you can be so let's get started Hello, hello, hello. Good morning. Happy Friday. All right. So welcome to Your Best Pet. Today we are going to talk about another super frustrating topic, but trust this will not be way shorter than last week. Last week we talked about chronic kidney disease in cats and all the nitty gritty details of that. If you want to listen to that, go back. Um, It is an hour-long podcast, so I'm sorry about that. There's just a lot to go over and a lot of different moving parts to that, and I want to make sure I broke everything down for y'all. But today, we're going to talk about something that's a little similar, but also totally different. Today, we're going to talk about um actually something that was requested um so if you have a request for a podcast episode something you want me to go over or break down for you make sure you make that request on Instagram shoot me a DM um a direct message let me know um what you're requesting and then I can record a podcast on it um and break it down if it's something reasonable and something I feel comfortable going over um I am not the best person to go over absolutely everything in veterinary medicine. That's not my forte. Obviously, my forte is exotics, and and that's what I stick with. But I do a fair bit of cats and dogs. In fact, I do mostly cats and dogs in my regular everyday practice. So I wanted this podcast to be where I get to break down not only exotics topics, but also issues with cats and dogs that are really hard to understand. And sometimes having a little more information, having a little more understanding on what's going on, really makes a difference on your pet's outcome, on what, you know, happens long term. And I want to make sure that you get. Um, the best information possible. And that's why I'm doing these episodes the way that I'm doing them. I'm typically doing a new um, episode on an exotic once a month, and I'm breaking down two different disease processes. And then the other one is either something that's near and dear to my heart or something that I wanted to go through with you um, or something that was requested. So this week, we're going to go through something that was requested um, and that is peeing inappropriately. Peeing inappropriately. That is where um, typically a cat is urinating out, urinating woo, outside of their litter box, or um, a dog is peeing in the house. Now, this is a tricky subject to dive into. Again, this is going to be a shorter episode. Um, just because there's not a ton to break down here, but um, the, the basics of it is, um, and to the person who requested this, um, the answer is it depends. <laughs> just like with everything in veterinary medicine, there's subtle details that we go over that tell me or, or guide me in the direction of what we should be looking into. Sometimes when your dog or cat is peeing in the house, like they don't normally do, or they're peeing outside the litter box, there's usually a reason for it. And sometimes that reason is, I am very angry with you because you moved my litter box and I don't want it over here. I want it back where it was and I'm going to pee outside of it. And they're sassy like that. (laughs) And sometimes There's truly something medical going on. So anytime I have a case that comes into the clinic where it's um, behavioral peeing, I usually dive into, well, what else is happening in the home? Most of the time, your veterinarian is going to ask, um, is there anybody new in the house? Is there any construction going on? Is there any, have you moved anything? Do you have any new candles or flowers or scents or something that's happening that's different than what is considered quote unquote normal. And to us, um it's totally fine to get a new candle or a wall plug-in or something like that. But to a cat, sometimes that can be a quote unquote perceived stress. Perceived stress is something that should not be stressful. It should not be um, concerning to you or I. However, to a cat, the house is their whole world. If you move their litter box six inches to the left and they're peeing where their litter box was and you wanted it out of the way, you wanted it in the laundry room instead of in the kitchen because it's starting to stink up the house, that cat is like, I am supposed to pee in the kitchen. This is where I pee. So now I don't have a litter box, I'm just gonna pee on the floor. Well, that's not necessarily the cat's fault. We moved things on them and now their normal is different and that can be very stressful. So you wanna make sure that you're thinking about all the reasons why your cat can be peeing inappropriately. And it's not necessarily the end-all be-all or a slam dunk that there's a medical reason going on. Sometimes there's something going on in the house that we just didn't even think about. And a lot of the times the owner thinks about that while they're sitting in the exam room and they're like, oh my gosh, we have construction happening. We're redoing our bathroom upstairs. You know, of course that's stressful to a cat. Of course a cat is going to freak out. And um, the only thing that they can do to show that they are stressed out is they pee outside the litter box. That happens. So um, there are, like like we mentioned, there's a number of different reasons why a cat will, or dog, will pee in the house or pee inappropriately. We call it peeing inappropriately because it's not always... Um, it's basically doing what you don't want them to do. Like a dog always pees outside, but now it's peeing on the carpet in a certain spot, or a cat um, is peeing outside of the litter box. You want them to pee in the litter box. So technically it's quote unquote, peeing inappropriately. Um, so like I said, there's a number of different reasons why they'll do something like this. Um, the biggest reason is behavioral. However, there are a few medical reasons, and I'll walk you through those right now. The first one is a UTI, or a urinary tract infection, and that is what everybody is hoping for. (laughs) We kind of hope for a UTI because that is something that we can fix. That is something that we can um, make better. We can put them on antibiotics and make that infection go away, and then everybody's happy, right? It's not always cut and dry. It's not always easy peasy. Um, we had a patient just uh, just last week that um, was on her third UTI and she's only six months old. I know, I know. Turns out that patient has something called a hooded vulva, which is where her little, her little hoo-ha, her little vulva is tucked up underneath an extra flap of skin and that can harbor bacteria, which can give them repeat UTIs and resistant UTIs that aren't going away with antibiotics. Um, And there's surgical corrections that you can do. I'm not going to dive into that today, but there are things that you can do to make that better. Okay, so um, UTIs being the, the other kind of common reason for this there's a few other reasons, especially in cats. So things that I think about, especially if it's an older individual um, or even sometimes a middle age, but like 9, 10, 11 years old, I'm thinking about kidney disease like we touched on um, last week. Um, I'm thinking about a thyroid condition like hyperthyroidism um, that can certainly cause peeing inappropriately because Usually they're peeing more than normal and they don't want to pee in their litter box because their litter box is already full. Um, Or they just can't make it to the litter box because they're constantly having to pee. That's a whole deal. Um, We already talked about hyperthyroidism, so I'm not going to jump into that. Listen to that episode. Um, We already went over all that. Um, Other things I think about, diabetes. Diabetes. Uh, especially in an overweight cat. um, Those are things that can certainly happen that will, um, you know, one sign will be urinating inappropriately. Sometimes with diabetes, with dogs specifically, what people will report is they're peeing in their sleep or they're leaking urine when they're taking a nap. That is a really common thing that can happen. And typically with diabetes, What's happening is there's extra blood sugar or there's extra sugar that's being excreted in their urine, and what's happening is is that extra sugar in their urine is feeding bacteria, which is overgrowing, and then they get a, a UTI secondary to being diabetic. So and that's a whole thing too, but the glucose that's in there that's spilling over into their urine um, that's also inflammatory so it's irritating that bladder which is making them pee more anyway um i can do a whole episode on diabetes if you want me to hit me up on instagram tag me let me know if you want me to do that episode okay um so uh those are the things that i think about when i think about um, peeing inappropriately, when I think about that, typically, um, your veterinarian, the first thing that they're going to tell you is, well, they're going to go through the history and make sure that this doesn't sound behavioral, so we're not wasting all of our time. Um, But the second thing they're going to do is they're going to say, hey, listen, we should probably do what's called a urinalysis, which is a test, basically running their pee um, to see if there's something going on. If there's a UTI, slam dunk, deal with it. Um, if they find something extra, like they find um, glucose in the urine, then they're going to recommend running blood work and seeing what's going on. Um, and sometimes your veterinarian will recommend what's called a, um, a base or a basic screening, um, just checking everything. So they'll recommend blood work and urine to just see what's up. Um, Other things that can happen with peeing inappropriately, and I didn't mention this, and I probably should have, um, and I'm thinking about it now, so I'm going to say it now, is bladder stones. Um, You're not going to see bladder stones on a... Sometimes you can feel them on exam, but not always. Um, You can only really feel them if they're big. Um, And you're not going to see them on uh blood work or even on a urinalysis Um, so sometimes they'll even recommend x-rays because they're looking for bladder stones Um, that's only if we um at the clinic that i'm currently at um, that's not something that i consider part of the base Um, and usually we're doing an ultrasound or a cystocentesis we use the ultrasound to go into the bladder with a needle Um, we use ultrasound very frequently in my current practice. Um, we all use ultrasound and so all the veterinarians. And so if we see something on ultrasound, typically we'll say something. So if I see, Hey, that looks like a bladder stone on ultrasound. Typically, then I'll talk to the owner about it and recommend further testing. Okay. So If we find something medical, obviously we deal with it, but what about behavioral? What do we do? Um, If it's stress related and it's something that's temporary like construction, usually um, we'll just try and get them through it. Um, Sometimes I can prescribe sedatives to keep them comfortable. Sometimes I can, um, most of the time what I end up recommending is actually an over-the-counter product called feel away f-e-l-i-w-a-y feel away is technically a pheromone but it's a calming pheromone for cats it's like a maternal calming pheromone number one and the biggest thing i want to make sure that you guys understand is that it does not work for all cats (laughs) if it works it works really well if it doesn't work it's not my fault (laughs) okay just saying that um, I will usually use feel away as a first line of defense for behavioral peeing because they're especially if it's something temporary, you just need to keep them calm until you can get them through it. Like if you're redoing your bathroom, I had that happen a couple of months ago. Um, I had a behavioral peeing case, but they were doing construction in their house and it was temporary. So we just needed to get them through that situation. Um, sometimes there is territorial behavior that's happening. Like there's a new cat in the household or one that I had a couple months ago was, um, there was a new cat in the neighborhood that was coming around the house. And even though this owner's cat was an indoor only cat, she she was seeing the other cat outside through the window. And so it was stressing her out. And she was like, this is my house. Get away. And so she was territorial peeing around the house and it had nothing to do with the family or anything that the family was doing. But luckily the owner saw that she was, you know, making eyes at this cat outside. And so we were able to put two and two together. Um, sometimes it is territorial marking, um, especially if you have a young male cat, um, that's not neutered yet so first and foremost we typically recommend spaying and neutering because most cats are already spayed and neutered that's usually not a huge deal we usually don't even talk about it if we already know that they're spayed and neutered but if they're not that's something that i do first and foremost um so spay neuter uh feel away um remove the situation so um sometimes Uh, you have a person who's sleeping on the couch that's not, um, part of the family and stressing out the cat. So maybe that person gets moved or maybe that person isn't coming over anymore, or you resolve the situation. They were sleeping on your couch for a week. Now they're not, um, staying over anymore. Great. Um, the situation is resolved. Or, you know, you find an alternative for the person or the cat. Maybe the cat stays in a separate room so that it's not as antsy. Anyway, try and remove the situation. Um, if you have a new cat in the household, a lot of times I'll reach for feel-away um, just to try and calm down the situation. But some that takes time, right? You're introducing new cats together. That can be stressful, especially for the cat who was in the house first. Um, You can imagine having somebody new come into the house can be a stressful situation for a cat. Again, a lot of the times I'll reach for feel-away, but sometimes the the resolution is to separate those feuding cats um, to to keep them in separate areas. Um, Another thing you're going to want to do is clean the area. So if they're peeing in the same spot on the carpet, you moved into a new ca- a new house and you set everything up and the cat is doing just fine, but they're peeing in one spot on the carpet uh, over and over and over again, you wanna make sure that you clean the area. You wanna avoid ammonia and vinegar. Those can be irritating to cats and can actually make the problem worse. Um, but you wanna make sure you deep clean that carpet carpet, excuse me, and um, you do a really good job of getting rid of the odor that's there because chances are they're claiming this as their territory and you don't even know. So sometimes that's the issue. Um, The last thing I usually will recommend to people is if you move the litter box, move it back, just put it back where it was. Most of the time, that'll resolve the problem, especially if the problem is stemming from you move the litter box from one room to another. Um, So behavioral peeing, bottom line, it's super frustrating. I understand that. Um, I understand that it's stressful for everybody in the household, especially cleaning up cat pee. It's disgusting. But um, number one, it's not your veterinarian's fault. And number two, um, we're just trying to help. So we are, if we are recommending urinalysis and blood work, those are the reasons why we just want to rule out a medical issue. We want to rule out them having problems, um, that we can potentially fix. Um, but if it is truly behavioral peeing, that is a different story. So, okay. I think that's everything I wanted to touch on for this episode. Um, Yeah, if you have any further questions, don't hesitate to DM me on Instagram. Happy to go over it. Happy to help however I can. Make sure, again, that you're partnering with your veterinarian. They do want to help you. They do want to get you through this situation and and try and make it better. I think all of us want that for you. Um, And uh, I hope you are living life with your best pet. Thanks, everybody. Have a great Friday. Bye. Y'all, thank you so much for listening. And if you like this podcast, Share it with a friend. Uh, if you found it helpful, send it to somebody who you think it would help too. Um, you can like, comment, share this pod on Insta. It's your best pet pod. Um, and if you love this podcast, five stars only, please, at the bottom. Uh, I'd really appreciate it. It helps the pod grow and reach more people. Until next time, hope you're living life with your best pet. We'll see you next week.